The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open today to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We'll begin our reading in verse 1 after a word of prayer. Father, I come now in Jesus' precious name. I thank you for this privilege to preach the word of God. Thank you for your loving kindness, which is better than life, and for the blood of our Lord Jesus that washes away our sins, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I ask now for your help and grace in the preaching time. Bless all who listen. May the word of God penetrate deep into their hearts, and may their lives be changed for the glory of God. I ask my prayer now in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen and amen. Look now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. And so Paul begins now to declare the gospel to the Corinthian believers. Previously, in the last few broadcasts, we have studied God's operation in the local church in the area of gifts. We looked at chapter 12, that early way, and there we studied the body of Christ. In chapter 13, we looked at the excellent way, even the way of love, of charity, and now abideth faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. Then we looked at chapter 14, the expedient way. And we studied that chapter emphasizing prophesying over tongues. 
And yet Paul was teaching all of these gifts, prophesying and tongues and knowledge, that they were going to pass away when that which is perfect would be completed. And that is the word of the Lord. For you and I, the word of God is complete. God's revelation is intact. He is not speaking anymore to man outside of his precious word. What he has already spoken is what he is speaking today. The word of God is complete. Tongues, prophesying, knowledge, they have ceased, they have vanished, they have failed. They have been done away. And so now we will go through this 15th chapter together, looking at the operation of God in the area of the gospel. The gospel forms the first part of the chapter, while the chapter then takes on a new character that is a description of that distinctive factor of the gospel, even the resurrection. And since Christ arose, you and I will rise one day. And so we see the resurrection of Christ, we see the resurrection of the Christian, and what a glorious chapter is now before us. So let's get into this exposition in verses 1 through 19. The fundamentals of the gospel are declared. And here we see the gospel and its work among the saints. Verses 1 through 4, Paul is explaining the gospel. We see the gospel in power. Verses 1 and 2, the stand of these Corinthians was in the gospel. Look back to verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. And so the city of Corinth had been evangelized with the gospel. If men are going to be saved and born again, then they must hear the gospel. For it is the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. And so Paul said, I declare unto you now the gospel which I have already preached unto you. And he goes on to say, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand. The city of Corinth had been evangelized with the gospel, but the church at Corinth had been established in the gospel. There is no establishing of any new church without the gospel. There seems to be a tendency. I would even say there is a trend today. It is a contemporary method where you go into a city, you knock on doors, you take a survey, and you find out the likes and dislikes of the residents in the community concerning church and God and the Bible, religion, they would say, what is your main problem or issue with religion? You get all the answers, you pull them together, you sort through them, and you make your list and find out what the people like, and what the people don't like, and then you tailor make your quote-unquote church to the needs of the people. No, you take the Word of God, the gospel of Christ, the blood of Jesus, the grace of God, and the necessity of the cross, 
the gross depravity of man's nature and the wickedness of sin, the reality of hell, the reality of heaven, and you preach the truth of God's word. You emphasize the gospel of Christ, that he died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and how that he is the propitiation for the sins of the whole world, and you share with men the gospel, and trust the Holy Ghost to show them their sin, to show them their unrighteousness, to show that they are under the judgment of God, and when men get saved and born again, you find that a church is established in the gospel. Sinners receive the gospel, and then they stand as saints in that gospel and in the grace of God. And so the gospel came in power. Their stand was in the gospel. Their salvation was in the gospel, verse 2, by which also ye are saved. The miracle of their salvation. Ye must be born again. God is still working miracles as he regenerates sinners and he makes saints out of wicked, vile, unworthy, ungodly, and unfit creatures of earth, and he destines us for the glories of heaven. Oh, what a miracle is the salvation of the soul. But then the memory of it. Paul goes on to say, If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. You see, there could have been those among them that had believed but in vain. There was not a true sincerity in their heart. It was not a heart belief, just that mental assent to a set of facts. No, Paul said, if you keep in memory, if you remember what it was I preached unto you, then that is the message by which ye are saved. And we should also read here verse number 12. He says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And so there was a false teaching that had been introduced to the Corinthian church and was infiltrating the lives of some, and those that had latched on to this false doctrine had not truly believed, and they were believing in vain. And without the resurrection, there would be no gospel. There would be no salvation. There would be no hope. And this Paul deals with in detail down through the next set of verses. But for now, we go back to verses 1 and 2, and we see the gospel in power. Now, verses 3 and 4, we see the gospel in precept. Hear the fundamentals of the gospel in their simplicity as they are declared according to the scriptures. The gospel had been received by the apostle. Verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Paul had simply given unto them the gospel as it had been given unto him. But the coming of the gospel was no ordinary thing when it came to Paul. It should not be passed over as something insignificant. As you study Galatians 1, 6 through 12, the apostle Paul 
had been taught the truths of the gospel by the revelation of Jesus Christ himself. Christ had pulled back the cover and disclosed to Paul the great truths of the glorious message of hope and redemption, and Paul could certify the gospel message among the Corinthians because he had received it directly from the Lord. He could set forth all the facts and set aside all the doubts and boldly declare the gospel of Christ as God's truth for man's sin, for man's soul, for man's salvation. And brethren, we can stand in the shoes of the apostle and preach the word of God as it is to men as they are, and we can preach it with confidence and with joy and with certainty, for we are not preaching a man-made message, but one that is God-given, Bible-based, Christ-centered, soul-saving, and life-changing. What a message we have to preach in the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.